0: Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself...
2: Lady Astor presents the Screen Guild Players. Yes. The Screen Guild play tonight, Rebecca. The starring players.
3: This is Joan Fontaine.
2: This is Brian Aherne.
3: And this is Agnes Moorehead.
2: Tonight, Lady Astor presents the Screen Guild Players in a radio version of the popular novel and motion picture, Rebecca, starring Brian Ahern as Maxim De Winter, Agnes Moorhead as Mrs. Danvers, and Joan Fontaine in the role she immortalized on the screen. She tells our story.
4: Last night, I went to Manderley again. But even as I saw the Iron Gate, the Winding Drive, the great old house itself, I knew, as dreamers always do, that it was just a dream. Manderley was no more. And we can never go back. That much is certain. Yet, sometimes in my secret thoughts, I do go back. To the strange days of my life, which began for me in the south of France. I was very young and very poor. And because I had no family of my own, I had taken employment as the paid companion of a rich old lady. That's how I happened to be in Monte Carlo. That's how I happened to meet Maxim de Winter. I was walking along the cliffs one day, above the sea. I saw a man step toward the edge, to jump, I thought. And almost without knowing it, I cried out, No, no,
5: stop! What the devil are you shouting about? Who are you? What are you staring at?
4: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to stare. I thought thought you were going to...
5: Oh, you did, did you? What are you doing here?
4: Well, I I was only walking.
5: Get on with your walking, then. I can very well do without your screaming.
4: That afternoon, they told me who he was. Maxim de Winter, the master of Mandalay. They said his wife had died the year before and that he'd come to Monte Carlo to forget. Oh, I had no right to hope. A dowdy, awkward, penniless girl. When he spoke to me next day and apologized and asked to go along and watch me sketch, my heart leaped up into my throat and choked the fright no, I might have said. We saw a great deal of each other after that. He was all generosity and charm. We danced and talked. Then one night we walked along the sea. A very lovely night. The air like wine.
5: You're very quiet this evening.
4: I was thinking I... I wish there could be an invention that bottled up memories like scent, and then I could uncork the bottle and, and live the memory all over again.
5: Sometimes the memory might grow stale or horrible. Stop biting your nails.
4: Oh, I wish I were a woman of 36 dressed in black satin with a string of pearls.
5: You wouldn't be here with me if you were.
4: <laughs> yeah, good
5: heavens, what brought that on? Here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, here, now. Blow your nose. <laughs>
4: I'm sorry, Mr. De Winter. Don't call
5: me Mr. De Winter. I have a very impressive array of first names. George Fortescue Maximilian. <laughs> you needn't bother with them all at once. My family call me Maxim.
4: But I'm not your family.
5: You will be when we're married. Married? Why not? Oh, of course, if you don't love me.
4: Oh, but I do. I love you most dreadfully. I, I cried all last night because I loved you so much.
5: Oh, bless you, that. Oh, but
4: You don't understand. I... I don't belong in your sort of world.
5: And what is my sort of world?
4: Well, mandolin. You know what I mean?
5: Suppose you let me be the judge of that. Only you'll have to promise me one thing. What? Promise me you'll never wear black satin and pearls and that you'll never be 36 years old.
4: Mrs. Maxim de Winter... Mistress of Mandalay. Oh, I said it over and over again to myself, all through our honeymoon, and still I couldn't believe it was true. Then, suddenly, we were home at mandalay The wide green lawns, the curving road, the vastness of the house itself. The staff lined up to welcome me.
5: Darling, this is
0: Frank Crawley, who manages the estate. I'm glad like to meet you, Mrs. de Winter. I'm terribly happy for Max's sake. And this is Frith, the butler. We're glad to welcome, madam.
5: Robert, the second man, we hope Madam will like it here.
4: The cooks, the maids, the gardeners, they all seem glad to have me there. All oh, but the housekeeper,
3: Mrs. Danvers.
1: Alice will come up and help you dress, Madam. Thank you, Mrs. Danvers.
3: Alice is the parlour maid. She'll look after you till your own maid arrives. Oh, but I
4: haven't any maid. I Well, I'm sure Alice will do very nicely. I'm afraid not, Madam.
3: It's usual for ladies in your position to have a personal maid.
4: Well, if you think so... Mrs. Danvers, I do hope we'll be friends. This sort of life is new to
3: me, and I'll I'll rely on you. You've been here at Banderley for a long time, haven't you? I came when the first Mrs. De Winter was a bride. Oh.
4: Mrs. De Winter, the first Mrs. De Winter. Sometimes through the days that followed, it seemed that she was Maxim's wife, not I. In every room there was some little sign of her. A glove and a dress book or correspondence paper with her name engraved on it. Rebecca. That was her name. I learned to know it very well. And if I once forgot and tried to make myself the mistress of my home, Danvers was always at my side.
3: If I wanted a fire in the drawing room. Mrs. De Winter never lit the fire in here till afternoon. Or if I spoke of going for a stroll. Mrs. De Winter always instructed the gardeners after lunch. Or if I left a salad to the cook. Mrs. De Winter was most particular about salads, madam. No matter where I turned, Rebecca
4: had been there before. Was still there, in a sense, to mark my helplessness. Not only in the house itself, but outside, too. The day I walked along the beach and came upon a lovely cottage in the cove. Her cottage, I soon found out. Her books, her robes, her cigarettes, her monogram on everything. I closed the door and raced back blindly toward the house. And suddenly... Maxim was standing in my way. Where have you been? Walking along the beach. The cottage? Why, yes.
5: Did you go inside?
4: Maxim, the door's open and I.
5: Don't ever go there again. You hear? Maxim, I. I hate the place. If you had my memories, you wouldn't go there or talk about it or make me think about it.
4: Oh, Maxim, what is
5: oh, it? No, nothing. Forget it, my dear. Just forget all about it. <laughs>
0: Yes? Oh, good morning, Mrs. DeWinter. Come in.
4: I know you're very busy, Mr. Crawley.
0: Well, the estate does take a bit of managing, especially now that Maxim's back.
4: Well, am I interfering? Oh, not
0: at all. Won't you sit down?
4: Thank you. Um, well, I was down at the cottage on the beach the other day.
0: Oh, were you?
4: Yes, it it seems to be going to rack and ruin.
0: Well, I think if Maxim wanted anything done about it, he'd tell me.
4: Are those all Rebecca's things down there?
0: Well, yes, they are.
4: What did she use the cottage for?
0: The boat used to be moored near there.
4: What boat? What happened to it?
0: Well, you see, it capsized and sank the night Rebecca was drowned.
4: Oh, she was drowned.
0: She was on the boat alone. There was a storm and she was washed overboard.
4: Where did they find her?
0: Near (coughs) Edgecombe. About two months later, Maxim went up to identify her. It was horrible for him,
4: Mr. Crawley. Please don't think me morbidly curious. I promise I won't bring this up again. But would you answer just one more question? If I can, tell me what was Rebecca really like?
0: Well, I suppose, I suppose she was the most beautiful creature I ever saw.
3: She'd
4: been beautiful. Very beautiful. And some still loved her. That was all I could think about for days. And then woman-like, I thought, I'll force him to forget. I'll make him think of me. I'll be beautiful, too. First of all, a new perfume.
5: Darling, what on earth have you done to your hair?
4: Makeup, which I've never used.
5: My dear, aren't you wearing too much rouge?
4: A whole new wardrobe of expensive clothes.
5: Really, darling, do you think that dress is quite your type? Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, I tried so hard, and I only saw annoyance in his face, or worse, amusement, and the bored indulgence that one saves habitually for a child. And still I would not yield. I was so pitifully eager as the summer costume ball approached. I thought, if I can find a costume that will make him proud of me, something different,
3: so that he'll be the envy of his friends. And strangely enough, it
4: was Mrs. Danvers who gave the idea...
3: If I may suggest it, madam, I think you might find a costume to suit you among the family portraits. Oh, you mean in the gallery at the top of the stairs? There's one in particular that might have been designed for you. I'm sure you could have it copied. Really? Which one? One of Mr. De Winter's ancestors, Lady Caroline. Oh, yes, it's very lovely. Oh, do you think he'd like it? I've heard Mr. De Winter say it's his favourite of
4: all the paintings. Then that would be a splendid idea. Thank you, Mrs. Danvers. I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful indeed.
0: Well,
5: Maxon, where is that young wife of yours. Oh, she'll be down presently. <laughs> Passing with her gown, I suppose. It's her first ball, you know.
3: What is she wearing, Maxon?
5: Oh, I haven't the remotest idea. She's keeping a, a great secret. Why, she wouldn't even let Why, me. Well, there she is
3: now. I'm so glad she's coming down. I want... Good heavens. Good Lord. Good evening, Maxim.
5: What the devil do you think you're doing?
4: But, Maxima...
5: Where did you get that gown?
4: It's it's the picture, the one in the gallery. Go and take it off. Oh, Maxim, what is it? What have I done?
5: That was the dress Rebecca wore at the ball last year. (laughs)
2: So ends Act One of Rebecca, starring Joan Fontaine, Brian Ahern, and Agnes Moorehead. Before we hear Act Two, a word from our hostess, Lady Esther.
1: Sometimes I see a girl who has what I call an old-fashioned face because her face is too heavily made up. And the reason I call a heavily made up face old-fashioned is because that artificial look is as out of date as, well, as the clothes you wore in the 20s. The type of beauty that's in style today is a fresh, natural-looking beauty. Many women don't realize that sometimes it's the powder they use which gives them that made-up, powdery look. Not until they discover what a big difference there can be in face powders. You would understand this difference better if you could read some of the letters I receive from women who have changed to Lady Esther face powder. One woman after another has written that it was a revelation to see the improvement a change of face powders could make. When they tried Lady Esther face powder, they said that uninteresting, powdery look gave way to a look of radiant, natural loveliness. Their skin looked softer and younger. You'd understand why this is so if you could see how Lady Esther face powder is made. First, you'd see Lady Esther face powder go through the usual mixing and sifting. And then, even though most powders are considered finished at this stage... I take my powder at this point and put it through the twin hurricane blending. Now in this second blending, tiny particles of color and powder are blown together at such terrific speed that the powder becomes a miracle of smoothness and evenness. So many women have written me that this new kind of powder seems to give the skin a new, natural-looking beauty.
2: The curtain rises on act two of Rebecca, starring Brian Hearn as Maxim DeWinter, Joan Fontaine as the second Mrs. DeWinter, and Agnes Moorhead as Mrs. Danvers. Mrs. DeWinter continues her story.
4: I thought my world had ended when Maxim spoke to me that way. In hate and anger as our guest looked on, I turned and stumbled up the stairs. As I reached the top, somehow through my tears, I noticed that a door was being closed. The door to her room, Rebecca's room. I knew who would be there. I was wild and heard almost hysterical. Straight to that door, I walked and opened it.
3: You've come upstairs. You didn't enjoy the ball very much, did you?
4: You knew. You knew she wore this gown last year, and you
3: deliberately suggested it for me.
4: Why? Why do you
3: hate me? What have I done to you that you should hate me so? You tried to take her place. You let him marry you. I've seen his face, his eyes. They haven't changed since those weeks after she died. I used to hear him walking up and down, up and down, all night long, night after night, thinking of her. Suffering torture because he'd lost her. No, I don't don't want to know. You thought you could live in her house, walk in her steps, take the things that were hers, but you can't. She's too strong for you. No one ever got the better of her. Never, never. She was beaten in the end, but it wasn't a man. It wasn't a woman. It was the sea.
4: Stop it! Stop it!
3: You're overwrought, madam. I'll open the window for you. Little air will do you good. And you can hear the sea. No, no. Why don't you go? Why don't you leave Mandalay? He doesn't need you. He has his memories. He wants to be alone with her. You've nothing to stay for, nothing to live for, really. Look. Look down there. Off the cliff. It would be easy, wouldn't it? Why don't you? Why don't you go? Go on. Go on, don't be afraid. Don't. What's that? Tripper. It. A bit up a rock. Tripper the,
6: the, the rock. Come the goose girl.
4: Take it fast. Maxim. Come on, everybody. Down to the bay! Maxim. 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 Here,
0: and Mrs. De Winter, you shouldn't be out. It's almost dawn.
4: Frank, have you seen Maxim anywhere? No,
0: not for an hour or more. I thought he'd gone back to the house.
4: No, he hasn't been at the house at all. I'm worried. Frank, you are too. I can see it in your face. There's something wrong. Well... Tell me, what is it?
0: The diver who went down to inspect the bottom of the ship found the hull of another boat, a little sailboat.
4: Frank, is it... Yes,
0: it's Rebecca's. Where is it, Frank? In the cottage. He said he wanted to be alone.
5: Maxim. Hello.
4: Maxim, you haven't had any sleep. I've been worried about you.
5: You love me very much, don't you?
4: Yes, of course.
5: Thank you. I wanted to hear you say it just once more.
4: Oh, but i will say it many times again. All my life.
5: No. No, it's all over now. Rebecca has won.
4: Max, what are you saying?
5: They sent a diver down. He found another boat.
4: Yes, I know. Rebecca's boat. Oh, it's terrible for you now, but maybe soon. It's
5: going to be worse. The diver broke one of the ports and looked into the cabin. There's a body in there.
4: Then she wasn't alone. Someone was with her.
5: I'm afraid not. There was no one with her. It's Rebecca's body that's lying in there. Oh, no. When I identified that other woman, I knew it wasn't Rebecca. I knew where Rebecca's body was. Lying in that cabin at the bottom of the sea.
4: How did you know?
5: Because... I put it there. Now, will you look in my eyes and tell me that you love me very much? Maxim? You see, I was right. It's all over now. Oh, no, you're not to say
4: that. I love you more than anything in the world. I've always loved you. Even when I knew you were thinking of her.
5: You don't understand.
4: (laughs) Whenever you touched me, I knew you were comparing me to her. Whenever you looked at me, spoke to me, walked in the garden with me, I knew you were thinking this I did with Rebecca and this.
2: You
5: thought I loved Rebecca? You thought that? I hated her. Hated her? I never had a moment's happiness with her. She was incapable of love, or tenderness, or even simple decency.
4: Oh, you didn't love her. You didn't she love used to her.
5: She me with her faithlessness, with how we'd fooled the world, with, with what a, a rotten fraud our marriage was. She knew what the family name meant to me, that I'd suffer anything rather than drag it through the muck of a divorce. Can you understand how I felt? Of course I can. She was very clever about her affairs at first. And after a while, she began to go careless. Why, Why she even had one of her friends visit her here. Here, in this very cottage. I wonder about that. I told her if I found him on the grounds, I'd shoot them both. And then one night, when she thought I'd gone to London, I, I came here, hoping to surprise them. But he hadn't arrived as yet. She laughed at me, and she said, Maxim... You know, if I ever have a child, no one could prove that it isn't yours. She must have read what was in my mind, because she laughed again, and she asked, What is it, Maxim? Uh, are you going to kill me? Uh, I suppose I went mad for a moment. I must have struck her. She stood staring at me. She, she, she looked almost triumphant. And then she fell. Her, her head hit a heavy piece of ship's tackle. And when I bent down to help her, she was dead. But you didn't kill
4: her? It was an accident.
5: I didn't think anyone would believe me. I I lost my head. I, I carried her out to the boat. I, I put her in the cabin. When we seemed a safe distance from shore, I, I opened the seacocks and the water poured in. And then I, I pulled away in the dinghy and watched her sink.
4: But Maxim, no one knows.
5: Only you and I.
4: Then, darling, you're safe. Rebecca's dead. That's what we've got to remember. She's dead. She can't speak. She can't harm you anymore.
5: I identified that other woman.
4: You could have made a mistake. Oh, darling, darling. I won't let you go now.
5: Oh, it's too late. I've loved you very much. I shall always love you. But her shadow was between us all along. I knew that Rebecca would win in the end.
4: No, no. She hasn't won. No matter what happens now, she hasn't won. Maxim.
5: Oh. Yes, Frank? Oh, Colonel Julian? Yes, yes, of course. I'll be right up.
4: Who is it, Maxim? Who's Colonel Julian?
5: Chief Constable of the county. Wants to talk to me.
6: Blasted nuisance, this thing, Maxim. Very sorry on all that. Oh, thank you, Colonel. Of course, we could make a simple thing of it, following one set
4: of facts. What facts?
6: Well, suppose Mrs. De Winter was in the cabin and a squall hit the boat with no one at the helm.
4: And probably the door jammed and she couldn't get on deck again. Exactly.
6: (laughs) Trouble is, this diver fellow claims he found all the seacocks open and they can only be opened from inside the boat. No. So it looks like a clear case of suicide to me.
3: Suicide? That's not the truth.
6: Danvers, I'd prefer it if you knocked
5: it We're all
3: equal before the law, Mr. De Winter. It's only my duty to tell what I know. What do you know? Mrs. De Winter never committed suicide. She wasn't that kind. Besides, she'd been to see the doctor in London just that afternoon. Dr. Baker on Goldhawk Road.
6: Come, come now. What's that got to do with it?
3: Mrs. De Winter had everything in the world to live for. The doctor had told her she was going to have a child.
5: Afraid it won't do any good, Colonel, coming all the way to London. We know what the doctor will say. You never can tell, Maxim. Oh, Danvers wouldn't have lied. She must have known we'd check her story.
0: Well, Maxim, that's what we're doing.
5: Frank, if the doctor bears her out, I haven't a chance. First,
6: let's hear what the doctor says, if he says it. Well, gentlemen, I've been doing a good deal of thinking in there. We doctors have certain ethics, of course, but... Under the circumstances... You mean that you'll answer our questions? If they pertain to medicine, that's fair enough. Doctor, the last time you saw Mrs. DeWinter, what did you tell her? Oh. I told her she was carrying a child. You did? And that she'd never bear it. Why not? Cancer. Deep-rooted and malignant. She couldn't possibly have had more than two months to live. Hmm. I was right, gentlemen. It was suicide. Suicide. <laughs>
0: him. There are certain laws about speed, you know.
5: When I telephoned, she said she'd wait up. Frank, there's, uh, there's something you don't know. No, there isn't. I didn't kill Rebecca, Frank. But I know now that when she told me about the child, she wanted me to kill her.
0: That was her plan. Don't think about it anymore. Don't even look. Look. Look over that hill. That's strange. It's too early for the dawn. That's
5: not the dawn. That's fire. Frank! That's Mandleley.
6: Ruth! Where's Mrs. DeWinter? I thought I saw her.
4: Uh, where, sir?
5: where? If anything's happened to her? Uh...
4: Maxim, oh, thank heaven you've come back. To oh, me.
5: Darling, darling, are you all right?
4: Oh, Maxim, it's Mrs. Danvers. She's gone mad. She started the fire. She said she'd rather destroy Mandleley than see us happy here. Look, oh, where's oh. Maxim, she's up there
3: in Rebecca's room.
4: There it goes. It's over, darling.
5: It's all right. It's all over now.
4: Oh, is it, Max? Is it really over?
5: Fire burns clean, they say. Even
4: shadows. Even shadows. No more shadows between us, Maxim. No more shadows. Ever. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you, Brian Ahern, Joan Fontaine, and Agnes Moorhead for your splendid performances tonight. Incidentally, this is Miss Fontaine's second program this season with the Lady Esther Screen Guild Players.
4: I've enjoyed it, Mr. Bradley. Knowing that the benefits of these programs go to support the Motion Picture Relief Fund makes our appearances here a real pleasure. And now, here's a word from one of our best-known beauty authorities,
1: Lady Esther. Thank you, Miss Fontaine. The other day, I was telling a group of women about raw face powder. And one of them said to me, raw face powder? What do you mean by raw powder? Well, I took her into my laboratory and showed her what I meant. First, I showed a lady as to face powder being mixed and sifted, the way most face powder is made. I let her look at it under a microscope and even try it on her skin. Oh, it's much smoother and finer than the powder I use, my visitor remarked. But it's not smooth enough for me, I said. I call Lady Esther face powder raw powder at this point, and I put it through a second process. Then I took her into another room and showed her how my powder, first mixed in the usual way, is then blown by twin hurricanes, blown until it's no longer just powder particles, but a smooth, flattering film of beauty. Now, I said to her, now look at Lady Esther face powder under the microscope and try it on your skin. See the difference? See how it helps hide little lines, big pores? How it gives your skin a smoother, more youthful texture? She looked at the radiant freshness of her skin in the mirror and she said, I never dreamed there could be such an amazing difference in the texture of a face powder.
2: Before we hear about next week's show, a special word from Brianna Hearns.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, every one of us who has invested in United States war bonds has played a part in the victories our fighting men have won. But we know there's still much fighting to be done, and that means two things. If you're not buying war bonds on a regular plan, enlist today under the payroll deduction plan. If you're already buying out of income each payday, increase your purchases. Our fighting men don't give only 10% of their time. They give everything it takes. So we at home must, all of us, do our full share. So please, tomorrow, increase your regular subscription and buy as many extra war bonds as you possibly can. Working together, we can win. But we must all do our full share.
2: Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present the delightful comedy of errors in a department store, The Devil and Miss Jones. And it stars Lorraine Day, George Murphy, and Charles Coburn. Be sure to listen. Joan Fontaine and Agnes Moorhead can soon be seen in the 20th Century Fox production, Jane Eyre. Brian Ahern is currently starring in Columbia's picture, First Comes Courage. The story Rebecca and Miss Fontaine's appearance were through the courtesy of David O. Selznick. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. To save materials, buy the larger size of Lady Esther face cream. Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther, saying thank you and good night.